L. And I'm Kia. And this is Spoiler Alert, where we give you all the facts. Straight, no chaser. About your favorite books. That ain't no little gun. That ain't no little baby. That ain't no pew pew. No. That's that pow pow. Kitty only has power if the litter's good. Yeah, it ain't no. It was just a great combination. They died and dashed. <laughs> For eating, you're supposed to be able to sit and enjoy your meal. Couple squat. Stay for a while. The man saved your life. You should be getting your premium pussy, but you're not. And we're here for it. Because he was thick, he was wide, and he was thick. We love it. So grab a full glass. Your book. And as always, strap in or up for another dose. On the fifth episode of Spoiler Alert, my co-host gave to me nothing because oh, oh. she is petty. Really? Uh, <laughs> Are you not petty, friend? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was petty. <laughs> that was petty. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Spoiler Alert, ladies and gentlemen. I think low-key... We have adopted a Christmas whenever we want to theme yeah. for this season because oh, the yeah, teaser, yeah. the trailer was Christmas themed. This episode opened Christmas themed. It just kind of is what it is. Whenever you hear the Christmas music, know it's another episode of Spoiler Alert and just live as such. Okay, folks? Enjoy oh, yeah. it. That's, Embrace that's it. A that's a new thing. Anyway. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Spoiler Alert. Today, we are here to talk about Nelly by Sabrina B. Scales. And once again, you have homework. If you choose to do the homework, we're not going to punish you and say it's necessary. But it does add some flavor to your knowledge if you do do the homework. But, you yeah, know, you, um, you know, I did say homework. And it, it's some Easter eggs that's in there that you like, wait a minute. <laughs> He has a couple Easter eggs this book. So I, I would say if you do the homework, great. But you ain't got to. Not this go around. Not this go around. But, but it's gonna be some some spoilers that I, I gotta talk about on the show, friend. I'm sorry. You never not talk about spoilers, right? But I'm so, saying though, it makes the conversation more understandable if you have read the homework. So anyways, yeah. <laughs> I'm ill. And I'm Kia. And this is spoiler alert the podcast for bookies and all kinds of other people who like black books blackity black black books because i'm not trying to read about <laughs> what did i call pink them friend pink meat no that's not what i called them in the text thread what i called them in the group chat friend that's what i called call girl you asking somebody who don't have good memory but <laughs> oh, okay, well, what did i say in the group chat because i was being bad y'all what did i say in that group chat did i say almost black people I can't remember what I said. Hold on, hold on. Are you talking about the yeah the one with our two extra friends? Well, our two, our three extra friends. Yeah. Oh, barely black people. There we go. Uh, uh, this ain't the podcast for you if you like to read about barely black people. The the books that we talk about, the Negroes is Negroing. Okay, in all forms. <laughs> it is still blocked over. Yes, I have been reading my regular rations of Bang Bang Shoot 'Em Ups. As suggested by the girls on Book Talk and other areas, Book Twitter, I mean Book X, what the what app formerly known as Twitter, Twitter, all of that. But it's also Smuttober too. You can't forget that. That's sip then read. 
Oh yeah, I have getting in a little bit of everything. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. You can't read Glocktober and it not be smut-ish. <laughs> eh, Glocktober is a um, bang bang, and I ain't talking about banged up. I'm talking about yeah. Out. Yeah, but from what I understand, next month's supposed to be nasty November or something like that. I mean, I was seeing it, it on Twitter. It's supposed to be. See, this is just, for me. It can be nasty. And and uh yeah, all <laughs> things considered, because these <laughs> every month for me can be nasty. But that's that's just me. Every everybody ain't got that kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, mind. <laughs> we're gonna move right into y'all's favorite part, or possibly your favorite part, the check-in. Friend, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh didn't do very much this weekend. I want to. But I got some words on the dock. Hey. Um, I've read a couple of books. I didn't even turn my TV on, which was a shock because lately I've been watching all things Food Network. <laughs> but <laughs> I have been knee deep in these during Halloween competitions. So, yeah, one of our good friends came over yesterday and we talked for a little bit. And then I went back to write, um, writing and reading. You know how that goes. I went to church today. Mm-hmm. Not quite ready to go to work tomorrow, but you know, thank God I got a job. Amen. <laughs> I'm getting excited about this this new project because you know I'm working on like four right now, and the one that I have been diligently trying to get done by the end of next month. It's I'm I'm excited about it because it's been asked for. It's one of those that people been asking for it so i gotta get the people what they want right mm-hmm. gotta get what they want. i'm excited about this season um we're we're diligently getting all these episodes done yes and so far it's been very entertaining <laughs> Ab- absolutely it has been quite the journey um especially these episodes where we've had authors join us it's been a lot of fun already friend and we're only what this would make us a third of the way into the season. Yeah, because we're because we're five episodes in out of fifteen. Oh man, we're a third of the way <laughs> we, in. We did because we did say there might be some bonuses. So yeah, fifteen <laughs> Fifteen scheduled episodes. <laughs> and that's the best way we can describe it. Cause the, these authors, they be throwing them out there. And it's me calling Kia going, friend, can we add? And I'm like, ma'am, where? So, friend, where? I, friend, I got a tweet for you. Oh, Lord. You ready? I'm sure, but go ahead. I think this is one of the book girlies. I won't call her name. But she tweeted. She said, she said, three men have her in a chokehold, but she only has one throat. Please. Somebody said, but you got three holes. You good. Real slut behavior. Well, well, I just friend. They didn't laugh. They <laughs> didn't, but I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready, and if I should really be now. It, friend, like if you really think about it, if that, I mean, they're not wrong. He's gonna be choking too. Uh huh. I mean, they're not wrong, but not. it was just you know how you don't see what you see when you saw when you saw when you saw it. It was kind of one of those moments for me. Uh, <laughs> you, squeeze, you squeeze hard enough, they gonna feel like they're being choked. I just, anyway, 
anyway. Um, <laughs> this week was pretty good. I got my read her book box. See my cup. The theme for the book box this month was homecoming. So she did like a, a unit. She did a homecoming. So the cup is like a university of read her, which is a play on the book box name. Shout out to read her. My sister stole the book out the box. See, this is why I'm glad I was alone. She brought it back, but it was just the simple fact that she took it before I could even really get a hold and see what was on the cover. We got a nice t-shirt, nice long sleeve t-shirt, good quality t-shirt. Oh, girl, I can't think of the name of the book, and I don't know where I put the card at. We got an audio book from Kennedy Ryan. We got the t-shirt, a bag of kettle corn, a book, a cup. Yeah, that's everything we got this go around. Really nice stuff. Love the cup. Love the t-shirt. Just haven't worn it yet because, you know, we live down here in the warmest, coldest state in the <laughs> in the winter winter. <laughs> Yeah, we have winter for like two days. So there's that to compete with. And I think the two days have passed already. So there's that. Now that was supposed to be the fall. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, it was a good little pick me up for the week. I also didn't do very much this weekend, but my car situation is getting ready to change, friend. For the mm -hmm. better, I'm happy. Very happy. Car situation is changing. I've started the process. So I got a lot of things moving and shaking over here. Y'all know the kids are starting to settle in and show their behinds, but it's all good. I'm I'm in a much better space than I was a few days ago. I just needed some time to pass by and, and things to just kind of change on their own. But I'm I'm in a good space. Ready for the next thing. Well, ready, for this, ready for this new car. All right, let's get into Nelly. That's the Remy Scales. Oh, Nelly. You know, somebody was telling me, I can't remember who it was. I had a friend, and she was like, she, in her mind, was like, she said to, like, a sibling of hers that Nelly, the rapper, should name his next album or his first album, Whoa, Nelly. But, you know, he named it whatever he named it. And she was like, okay. Then Nelly Furtado came out and she named her the album Oh Nelly. And she was like, dang, now he can't do it. The amount of people who have the same title on their book, on their books and their, their song, uh, not song, but album titles. Yeah, but it's the difference between songs and albums. Like there'll never be another Whoa Nelly and you not think of Nelly Furtado. You can't do you can't do that in the music arena like that. It's one thing mm -hmm. if it's a classic, like they are, first of all, both of them are are parallel in terms of, of connections, especially because Nelly was with Timberland for a significant amount of time. He ain't gonna be able to do that. He'll never be able to name his album Whoa Nelly. Absolutely not. He could. It'll be some people talking trash about it, but he could. He yeah. I could whatever I want to be. They're not in the same genre. Yeah, they're not in the same genre, but I doubt that it would go over well. Like I said, people will talk trash, but he could do it. He can do whatever he wants. All right, let's get into this synopsis. Nelly, the older brother of pop superstar Jock from the crew, sacrifices freedom so that his brother could flourish, leaving behind a future that he thought he might never get the chance to fulfill. 
Upon his release, after a decade of incarceration, he embarks on a second chance at life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. All right, friend, how many spoilers are you giving this one? 4.8. I thoroughly enjoyed Nelly's story. <laughs> but of course, you know how I am when it, when it comes to my fives. It's not one I would probably run to read again, but I'm not opposed of it either. I enjoyed the story, the banter on both the female character and the male main character's families and friends. Hilarious. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed the book. So yeah, uh, 4.8. What about you? Friend, I am like 475-ish for this one. 475-848. I love this. First of all, I love a good second chance romance. I absolutely do. Especially in a situation like this where it's an outside thing and not an inside thing. For me, mm -hmm. second chance romances can be hard when like unforgivable stuff happens between the couple. Like... Yeah. When I say that, I think about J.J. and Cole from the Connecticut King series. That one is hard for me because that was some internal doing. So that that's yeah. a little bit different versus like with the case of this that book, was, what happens? That was close. Um, that was yeah. Versus what happened with this one? Yeah. So there's that. But I really enjoy. I really enjoy second chance romances when they, they are able to really take off and soar. So this one was very pleasurable for me. I like that it's not too much story. And I know that sounds weird, but sometimes the thing with second chance romances is depending on where they drop you off to start, it's very hard to get to why we're able to full circle. Like, mm -hmm. I need to know, because, you know, you got to travel both lanes, right? You got to go to the past and you got to deal with the future or the present. And so I think Sabrina B. Scales does a really great job of bringing us full circle. And she doesn't necessarily have to use a whole lot of, she didn't have to use a lot of words to do it. So the only thing I think I had like a little qualm with was, again, that go back and reread that we, we talk about so much for five. It's not like I'm not running to the shelf to go read it again. But, you know, if they brought it to a book club, I definitely would be like, okay, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> you are a mess. <laughs> you are a mess. Well. But let's get into the here whole factory. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about Nellie. The opening of this book sends me. The You're prologue. So, sends fun me. fact. Fun fact. That is also the intro, the prologue to his brother's book, which is before his. So, I was basically reading the same thing, but it was in the other perspective. Correct. So, so you find out. I knew what happened. I knew what happened. I knew why it happened. It was just mm, yeah. having to reread that, reopen those, those emotional moments. Yeah. Yeah. So 
you haven't read this book, I don't know why you're listening to this episode. Go read the book. It ain't going to take you that long. <laughs> but so this book, long time. If you don't mind spoilers, you listen to the episode, but you're going to get all of the tea. Yeah. The book opens up with a phone call. Like our main character, Nelly, whose real name is Nelson. Yeah. Nelson gets a phone call and he immediately knows that he's his life is about to change. He can tell. And the person that is next to him, whose life he had just changed, they had both just changed each other's lives at 16. They had just, had just changed virginities. They had just exchanged virginities for with each other. And he knows, like, because he starts to get dressed, but he's on the phone and he's like, don't do anything. I'm on my way. Cool. He tells. And he also uh, makes the statement, don't come. I won't. So, you know, immediately something bad has happened. Yeah. We, it's, it's very clear something bad has happened. He leaves the young lady there, bails out. They he's like, I'll get you later, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because in that same prologue, like before he even says don't call 911 his his little brother jock from the crew popping porn he makes the statement daddy ain't moving yeah <laughs> i promise i ain't mean to keep him and i'm like oh hell <laughs> you didn't already said on the phone line you didn't you didn't say it too much bro <laughs> right so it's like okay i'm coming and it's a good thing that the phone wasn't on speaker because Alicia, who was the girl he was with, his best friend, who was now more than a best friend, did not know what was said on the other end of the call. All he know is all she knows is something happened. He looks like he's seen a ghost. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'll get with you later. I gotta go. They yeah. hug and he slides up out the door. Right. Next thing you know. They are on the run. He gets to his dad's house. And you find out pretty quickly, dad is abusive. It is not the best situation for them to be living in. And he said, come on, let's go to mama's house. And they get there. And what you, you know, they they take this, this ragtag journey. They take a roll of quarters to pay somebody to take them to their grandma's house. They pay the man the quarters. The man talks to them sideways. But sir, you took our $10 anyway. So why are you mad that it's rolled up quarters? Please stop. Because they could have unrolled them, sir. Anyway, well, they could have thrown them at his head, but you know, yeah, that's what I said. Really like, when I found out he really called them niggas because it, it was a white man, when I found out that he called them niggas, me personally, I probably would hit him in the head with quarters. <laughs> yeah, I just threw him at the back of his head so he could pass out or something. Yeah, so you, you got know, your whatever. Payment. So, so they get the car, you knock on the door. Yeah, they go inside Mama's house, and what we find out is that Mama is really their grandmother. Mm-hmm. And it's not long after they arrive that the police are knocking on the door because once they get to Mom, their grandmother's house, she's asking questions like, "What's going on? To why why y'all why y'all not at your daddy's house?" You know, she it's it's strange. Why do you have a black eye? Yeah, it's strange to her, and so she's already got red flags. And then the next thing you know, Houston police department is knocking on her door and immediately nelly makes a decision that changes everybody in the room's life yeah his grandma was like what have y'all done 
Nelly was like, don't worry. He almost, it almost felt like, don't worry about it. I got it. He opened the door and said, I killed him. And sure enough, from that moment on, we are escorted or like we get that moment and then we're taken to the future. And so it's, it's made very clear, very quickly that without much words that Nelly goes to jail. We know. Yeah. And so, so when what, what I will say is for those who have read the book before that, it is mentioned in Jock's book that he was getting released. So this one is like, is this going to be released? What is this? You know? So it's like for those who have already dove into the, the catalog, this was, I can't wait to get to this moment. For them. So what happens 10 years later? <laughs> yeah, 10 years go by. And I'm impressed, first of all, that it's only 10 years. One, because we talk about the state of Texas. But two, I think the lawyer was able to argue that it wasn't just like, oh, we killed him. It was more like, it wanted to be... Yeah, I think the lawyer was able to kind of argue some stuff down because, in theory, the boy has an alibi. But he chose not to activate his alibi because it would incriminate his brother. And it's made very clear in the prologue that Nelly understood his brother was different. And not like in a bad way. He he understood his brother was special and needed to be... Yeah, it reminded me of... It's not personal, not flagrant, technical, technical by a house. Yeah, by a house. It's very similar in that there's a moment in that particular book where, oh gosh, Draymond, yeah, Draymond, something happens with him. And it's a very similar situation between him and his brother, where his brother was like, if I don't cover him, you know, it's it's not going to go well. So he's not going to meet his potential like he's supposed to. Yeah. So it, it's it's very it's a very beautiful moment. And so Nelly, when we see him 10 years later, it is his release day. And this too old to play games like this woman, Kitty. I, I, I have words to say about I have words to say about Kitty when we get towards the end of the book. I hate her. I knew I was really like her. A revelation was given to me towards the end of this book about Kitty, and I'm a, I'm gonna bring it up when it comes to that. But I, 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 I got words. I absolutely hate her. Like it's one thing to do dirt, but it's another to be release day. And this man, you and this man have already had the conversation that we're not gonna fool with each other once I get on the outside. And here you come trying to assert a level of authority to make this man have to spend another year in jail because you can't get what you want no more. Ma'am, your coochie is old. Because he does say that she could have easily been his mother. And, and like, ma'am, this boy is 26. This man is 26. You are 20 years older than him. Leave him. Like, okay, if you're going to, first of all, you're gonna risk your job you need to know when to stop and she wanted to throw that in his face that i've my job for you and blah 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 well bitch if you make me stay here another year you gonna lose your job because i'm gonna show sing like a canary around here who because it'll be me and it i've been her. her for the last two years since i and gotta stay was- here for another year i've been fucking her for the last two and what no Ain't no, ain't no for the last two. Cause what you say is, I was sixteen when it started. 
you put yourself as a minor and then you really get in trouble because that's coercion at this point. He well, ain't been out of been, jail. Been having sex. No, excuse me. It wasn't two years. It was five years. That's young enough. So he, he was grown, but when they started smashing, however, as, as was said at towards the end of the book, he's possession of the state. The state didn't give her consent for that. He don't have no consent. He don't have none. So you put your hands on something that didn't even belong to you. You're supposed to be protecting it, not not using it. <laughs> exactly. So needless to say. He's a dumb And yeah, so he got he got slid up out of there before it got worse because another officer, well, she was a sergeant who was another more CEO. like a mother to him. Yeah. And was was walking him out. And she could not stand Kitty, but she loved him. And you could tell he was like, she'll probably cry about this tomorrow. Or she gonna cry in the bathroom later. You know, and she, you know, she treated him, you could tell she treated him kindly, but you could tell that she she was wise enough to know how to do it without everybody seeing that she might have been playing favoritism or something like that. She was just a cool CO. And you know how it's it's true of everybody. There's always that one teacher, that one authority figure that is just a little bit different walks a little bit different acts a little bit different and it is yeah. it kind of is what it is with they seem like person. the meanest one out of the crew but they the one that you can tell cares the most mm-hmm. so he leaves and is <laughs> picked up an hour late by his little brother job which apparently was normal for him <laughs> and he was never ready to hang on time so after being picked up, they share a reunited moment as reunited as so good. They they shed a lot of tears unspoken because they once they get even once they get in the car, they kind of just sit in the car for a minute, like this stage of our lives is finally over. And yeah. I, I can't I can't imagine for each of them what that is like. I will say that they have decided that it's necessary for them to, you know, move on. But upon deliver, upon arriving to Jock's house, Nelly was like, yo, this too much space. This ain't gonna work. I can't have all this. And so I, this, he- this is too much. <laughs> and and I, I have to applaud him for understanding that like, I need to transition and I need to transition safely and smoothly. So he had already filled out the paperwork to go to a halfway house. And Jock was like, okay. So like, see, this is the thing, though. When you grew up in a household where you might have food, you might not because you was an alcoholic abuser, and then you go straight into lockdown where everybody gives you the things that you have to have, your drawers don't even belong to you, to yeah. I got everything at my disposal, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And I'm, it's 10 years later. It yeah. can be a, a culture shock. It's just like a lot of girls and guys that they go off somewhere else to go to college and they book wow because they wasn't used to that lifestyle living at home with mom and dad mm -hmm. and it's, it's similar to that it's like i have the freedom to do whatever the hell i want to do i'm a while out and do whatever i want to do mm -hmm. and i might not make the best decisions because i don't have that structure anymore very true so that was that was how i looked at it i was saying I appreciate having the ability to have all of this at my disposal, but I feel like me doing this, especially after being in a routine for 10 years, 
I feel like it would be my detriment if I stayed in this place. Mm-hmm. And it's a great thing. And it's, it's very mature for somebody to recognize that Absolutely. without falling into the trap first and then finding out. Absolutely. So the next day, I want to say he transitions into the halfway house. And the halfway house is a, not just a wise move, but it is the move that sends us into meeting Thomas the train. <laughs> and I, I have to laugh because I'm like, Thomas the train? Where do you get this name from, sir? And I'm, my mind went to a lot of different places. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to go down the avenue. <laughs> I don't either. I I don't want to know. I I feel like she might have been watching. The Sabrina B. Scales have kids. Yeah. She might have been watching the episode. <laughs> I think she has. I think she has two sons. Oh my god! I could just see her watching the episode and then being like, you know what? Here, ho! I need in the name. There you go. <laughs> Oh, also, before we get to the Thomas the Train situation, there was a conversation when I was dropping Nelly off to the facility. He made one, the facility is owned by Plus, which is Jock's manager. Mm-hmm. And Plus, he has his own book, too. And it's actually before Jock's. So I got to go back and read that one. But um, he makes mention of the fact that Jock is being a hover he, he's been a helicopter parent mm-hmm. and it's like i love you bro but i need you to back up i need my space to grow on yes. so before he gets acclimated into the facility he has to straight up tell his brother go home go to work the parent the entire time that they were doing stuff jock is steady on his phone and you can tell you're supposed to be somewhere else but you're here with me i don't need you here i don't need you hold my hand i appreciate you being there for me i appreciate you trying to make up for me taking the fall for something that you did and you're trying to make up for that but uh, you being who you are and what you're doing with your life is payment enough go home <laughs> go to work go do what you gotta do out of my face i can do this so he has to literally to the point where he's like pushing his brother out so that he can do this and so then we meet thomas the train <laughs> Which I that man crazy. And we also learned at this point, and I thought this was interesting because I don't know many prisons that I know they let you grow it while you're in, but I've never really known prisons to let you keep your hair when you first get in. But we find out that Nelly has long, thick waist length hair. According according to Bree, he has buckles. Yeah. And not that only does he have goes all the way down his waistline. And, and not only do we, yeah, not only do we find out he has long, thick hair, we also find out that he's vegetarian for the most part. He's pescatarian. He's I'm pescatarian. sorry. He's pescatarian. So he doesn't eat a lot of the traditional meat. He doesn't eat chicken, doesn't eat beef, doesn't eat pork. Which is interesting. Because at first, initially, when you get to this point in the book, I thought he only ate vegetables. I'll tell you why I figured out he was pescatarian later when we get to it. (laughs) But it's one of the first conversations that he has with Thomas the Train. And yes, the man said call him Thomas the Train. Uh, He won't answer to anything else. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
Selvis kind of spends his time, this first interaction that they have together, they spend this time talking about how... He complains a lot. Yeah, Thomas definitely complains a lot, but he, they also spend the time talking about Nellie's di diet. And he's like, I don't see how you eat all that rabbit food, man. Mur 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 you know, just going on and on and on. And we find out that contrast, uh, in contrast to Nellie, because I believe Nellie's also light-skinned. Or he has like he's he's red. Yeah, because he call him red corn. Uh -huh. Yeah, he does call him red. Yeah, contrast. Thomas is, I believe he's a brown, like brown skin towards dark skin, medium brown skin man. He got a fresh set of waves, and the man ties his do rag so tight that it leaves an imprint on his forehead. <laughs> Thomas the train likewise developed his waves while he was in jail. Cause he was like, he was running jokes talking about I couldn't be in jail with a bunch of hair because one dude would he's like if one dude would have asked me to break my hair I would have been fighting and I was like well <laughs> I could understand that because hey ain't no sir I'm not gonna sit between your legs for you to break my hair mm -mm. absolutely not absolutely yeah so. <laughs> We spend the first couple of, it, it's not a very exciting first couple of days, but one day it's time for therapy. And at this point, Nellie has developed, you know, a habit and a routine. A routine. And after this, this particular day, the therapist is late. But when the therapist arrives. Well, this is the thing. Cause I had, I had, I was like, I don't know where she this stuff her head. This is straight Sabrina hilarity. But like he had gotten used to his therapist or whatever. And then he was like, the therapist wasn't, they said that he wasn't going to be there for a family emergency. However, his brother let him know that it wasn't a family emergency. It was the fact that his therapist got caught playing with some produce in the facilities van off the clock. He had a, a fetish. <laughs> talking it said the boy was taking was taking bananas up the table and see in my mind i was thinking was it the actual bananas that she said but produce or was it that somebody somebody's son was banana was up his tail pipe it could be taken any kind of way and i was like um <laughs> yeah mr craig <laughs> yeah but you it, know it was you know, I couldn't feel bad for him because you kind of did it to yourself, sir. I'm like, you know? either way, you're either smashing somebody that's supposed to be a client or you're playing with the food in your booty hole that folks got to eat. Either way, it's not. Yeah, that it wasn't okay. It wasn't okay. Either kind of way, it wasn't. Mm -mm. So he's, he's not going to be there no more. So he's Not been assigned to the therapist. The funny thing is, when the therapist does come in, they're in the wrong spot. Yes. Not to be his therapist. But the, th the therapist that walks to the door says, Mr. Walk, and before but she could say... We're skipping, we're skipping the part, but you know. What are we skipping? Ten years earlier for her. No, that's after they see each other. Mm -mm. 
Yes. It's when she does not say anything at the end of his chapter. He just sees her and then the chapter ends. And then it goes to her 10 years earlier. So he doesn't say who it is. Right, but he doesn't say who it is. He just looked at the person and it was like he he had a flashback because he knew exactly who it was when they walked in. And then it goes to her, her 10 years earlier, which gives us the little gems that I was like, so! So, in walks the therapist and we flash to 10 years earlier with someone named Alicia. Because I was like, who is Alicia? And then I remember from the prologue, that was the girl that was next to him that night. Um, His best friend that wasn't a friend no more. (laughs) And we are immediately immersed into a conversation between her and her mother. And her mother. Or no, into a mantra that her grandmother gave her. But not only that, we we learn her family history pretty quickly. Her mom is not necessarily the best mom. Dad is a hot mess. But after we learn all of her genealogy, we are immersed in a conversation between her and her mom. And we find out <laughs> right then and there, Sis is pregnant. Yep. Brother brother is dead. Daddy mm-hmm. is in jail. And mama was like, I thought, I thought you would have been the one that got us out of this mess, blah, blah, blah. But you just as stupid as everybody else, basically. So sis is and pregnant. So- and mama not gonna help her take care of the baby. So she sends her to go live with her grandma. Right. And it is through living with her grandmother that she ends up having kids or having the baby. And then, or we, we don't, sorry, because I'm fast forwarding. After we find out that she gets sent away, we flash into 10 years later and we are dropped back into that same office with now Nellie and Alicia. And it is very quickly uncovered that both of them recognize one another. And well, actually, at first she didn't recognize him because the lighting. <laughs> I said pretty quickly, friend. I didn't say forever. <laughs> so, because he like when she walks into the office, because like when she first gets there, she is being pushed into this assignment because of what happened with the previous therapist. The problem is she didn't get a chance to prepare for her client that she was going to have to be working with. So she just knew it was Mr. Walker. And in my mind, I'm thinking his name ain't Walker. This can't be the first I was in my house. His name ain't Walker. So we get to where she's calling out Mr. Walker in the office. And he's like, my name is not Mr. Walker. (laughs) And after that, it's on and popping. As he calls her by her first name before she even, like, steps to him. And she's like, I don't know my name. Agreed. And he was like, Alicia, it's me, Nellie. And that's walking closer to him. That's when she could see his face. And we go to his chapter. Yeah. And it's like, ah, the love of his life is back. <laughs> right. And it you, I love this moment because, like, you can see immediately for the both of them as they, because they start to talk to each other in the therapist's room. But it's unique because they fall right back into friendship. 
they don't fall like easily because she gives it to him. She say, I know you went to jail for something you weren't supposed to go to jail for. She lays that on the table quickly. Yeah. She does not yeah. leave mystery about the fact that she is upset that that's the path he chose. But when I read it, it felt like she understood. Yeah, I didn't like what you did, but it's done now. He's like, well, it's already done now. Ten years later, I'm out. So can we go back to getting to know yeah. each other? And, and, and they they really do settle into it and it's funny because they call each other to the carpet because she was like how's your mom and he was like how's yours and, and she's like we're not here to talk about me he was like oh you still running from stuff huh and i mean i mean consistently throughout these moments where they're in this therapy room it, it is clear that they are each other's confidant they are each other's yeah. counselor it, it, which is funny because Alicia is a counselor, right? And and so they they very quickly establish and go back to who they were 10 years ago, but they have enough respect to acknowledge that they are not the same people they were 10 years ago. And we yeah. need to figure out who we are now. Because you and know how some people they will, you know how some people they'll try to go, well, let's go back to what we were. It's like, baby, yeah. 10 years ago for a child. You are a grown ass woman. You're a grown ass man. A lot has changed since then because he even makes mention of the fact that he can tell her body has changed. Oh, yeah. she got baby bearing hips. Like you can tell she's had some changes. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, when I got to this part where they where they reconnect, I was like, so how long is she gonna? How long is she gonna take before she tell him I had your children? Yeah. That's the first thing that popped up in my head when they reconnected. I was like, so how long is it going to take? I'll say, oh, these children are yours. <laughs> Baby. As soon so, as I found out she was pregnant and they reconnected, so them his kids, huh? <laughs> so it is after this, we, we fall into a Sunday morning with Alicia. And we find out very quickly, she doesn't just have one baby. She has she twins. Got- and you Queen. know what I'm saying. Nico and Nala. Nala. Yeah, I was gonna say something else. Nico and Nala. And they are hysterical. Love Especially them. Nala. She cracks me up. Nala is she's so her comedy comes from such an honest place. And I love it. Because she's just being honest about what she sees and what she's experiencing. And Nala is it, it, a 26-year-old in a nine-year-old's body <laughs> she's just hysterical and i love it and from the onset of meeting them and reacquainting ourselves with alicia's mother it, it is funny and tragic at the same time because it is immediately noted of well three things to me are immediately noted one the grandmother does not respond to nala well she mistreats nala the same way she's still mistreating her daughter because you showed up unannounced. I will not open bu- my door. And bulldoze your way in. And then three, she, she dotes on her son, Nico. And I can't stand that. Please. It's like she's trying to make up for her, her lost son. Right. But even more so on top of that, like, I just want people to be honest for once in their lives. People do not raise their children the same. Please stop lying. I want parents to stop telling their lies so bad. So bad. I raise all my children the same. No, you don't. They don't even all have the same personality. 
you attempt, but you can't. You you can't even really necessarily attempt. You attempt to be fair. You attempt to do that, but you do not raise your children the same. Please stop telling that lie. You might have the same rules for your children, but say what you want to say. Parents treat girls different than they treat boys. Parents treat children who they believe are not their parents have favorites. They do. You could say what you want to say, but I have seen it. Parents have favorites. That's why they had that syndrome called middle child syndrome. That's why they have golden child. All of that stuff is true. We don't just talk about these things because we talk about them. It's stuff that actually happens inside of people's households. And I want people to stop lying. You don't treat all your children the same. I'm sorry. They could be twins and you still won't treat them the same. Think about how men act when they find out they're having a girl versus when they're having a boy. Oh, I got to get a shotgun. Oh, I got to. You encourage your little girls to, to stay away from them boys. Stay, you, you want her to have zero interactions. You want her to start dating when she's 30, but you're telling your 10-year-old son you need a girlfriend. How does that work, sir? That would mean that somebody's 10, 9, 8-year-old daughter would have to be your son's girlfriend unless you want him to flirt with the teacher. Unless you want him messing with someone older, which is illegal. Illegal and sexual harassment. But you would apply him for that, sir. But you call that teacher nasty. Make it make sense, sir. Make it make sense, ma'am. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I have to give Alicia credit because after a while, she sends the kids to bed and she puts her mom out. Rightly so. And the kids was not happy because they wanted they cookies. They wanted they cookies bad. It's like, but we're not go. We didn't even get to eat a bite of our cookies. How you do that, mom? Why would you do that to us? Well, see, this is the thing, though. Her daughter, I, I, I love the way her daughter is because even though she knows grandma does not treat me right, I'm going to keep trying. Because one day she might break down and actually be receptive. Absolutely. And you got to love her for it. You really do. So after being put out, she... Takes a little. Was shocked that she was putting her out. Yeah, after after she put her mom out, <laughs> it, it's very clear that Alicia is comfortable in her mommy role. But we go over to Nelly's perspective, and we see that he is talking with Jock, and they're kind of like talking about him seeing Alicia for the first time. And Jock was like, "You scared, my boy." And you know, Nelly was like, no, I'm not scared. He told me so. It's been a minute since you had some, sir. You know, he's like, like who? <laughs> Nelly said, who? Is it a long time for? <laughs> exactly, right? Like, and for me, I was surprised that because Nelly gets visited, like, Jock visits him two, three times. Well, two, he talks to her two, three times a week and yeah. was going to visit him every other week or something like that. All of those conversations, it never came up. Like even in code, yeah. Like it never even came up in code because some folks they know how to cold walk, cold walk them conversations, man. Yeah. So it it was I was surprised that he never you know led on that something like that was happening. But you know I get it. You trying to make sure that you don't lose, you don't get her to lose your job because that's that's your uh, extracurricular activity. So (laughs) you don't want to get rid of your extracurricular activity. So yeah. He had to let his brother know, bruh, ain't nobody skipping out on a pussy around here. If I wanted it, I got it. 
Agreed. And so I, I highlight, I'm sorry, I highlighted something from the conversation with the twins and their grandma that I just thought was so important. Mm-hmm. When Nala clapped back with grandma and she said, mommy says other discomfort with with who you are is none of your business. I said, yes, Thank ma'am, little girl. Go ahead, baby. <laughs> and her mama wanted to say she was being disrespectful. No, baby, she was just reading you your rights. But back mm-hmm. to Nelly and, and Jacques' conversation. <laughs> so I think they even identified that it was Kitty that he was smashing. Yeah, because like the one with fat ass that always rock with Sheila Jackson Lee Break. I was like, wow, that is very detailed. Yeah. He knew exactly who it was. It was like he knew, and this is why Jock almost got in trouble. <laughs> no, ain't no almost. He got his he got it because his brother said, get off the phone and go ahead and get your head tackled. <laughs> get your head knocked in. So she was like, why are you talking about another woman? Why are you laying in my bed, sir? And Kitty was like, you lucky it was you on the phone because he was about to get got. Because <laughs> like, if, if any of y'all have read their book with Jock and Kimmy, she's a very, she's a quiet storm. Like she's very quiet. She's peaceful. But don't get her turned up. She will go there. Yes. So, and she was about to go there on Jock. Anybody can get it. <laughs> so he hangs up the phone with Jock, and we find out that he has Alicia's card. And so he takes a risk and makes a phone call that he didn't think he should make, but he was like, let me just try. And he's successful in reaching Alicia. And it's funny because she was like, I saw you pick it up. I dropped it on purpose. I was like, look at Jesus. Because I was wondering if she like accidentally dropped the card. For I real, didn't see real. where she said she did it on purpose, but I know she said she saw him pick it up. It kind of reads that way. I think she's it, it either re- something about it made me feel like she dropped it on purpose. But they get into a conversation, and it is so cute because it definitely gives sixteen and on the phone talking with Bay for the first time, like, "Hey, Bay, you know them vibes." The boy that called, and he the boy of your dreams this week. <laughs> Oh goodness. Someday I have the same one for a long time, not just this week. I'm just saying they're the person of your dreams and you just, oh my God. And it it's it's a really cute moment, but it's cute and it's grown up. And I like that. Because they basically agree to a little date. Like let me be your bird and you be mine. <laughs> right. And that that's even cuter, because let me be your bird and you be mine. Oh, uh, Cause they agree to meet at a park and watch the birds <laughs> or cause he knows she oh, goes where we also learn how spiteful her mama was because when he was, he was like, he wrote her while he was the first, he said, I wrote you every week. The first week I was in there. So this 52 letters that she never got mm-hmm. because mama was being spiteful. He was like, I yeah. get it. My my mama probably wouldn't want me to get no letters from somebody in jail neither. Yeah. But she was like, I wasn't even with my mama. I was with my grandma. And this is when I was like, so she going to tell him? Is she going to tell him why she was with her grandma? Nope. She kept her mouth shut. She didn't. And I was like, baby, don't don't wait. Because in my mind, I'm like, don't wait till you get caught. Please don't wait till you get caught. But they keep this conversation. They, they plan to, you know, meet up. To have lunch 
And this is, I was like, so him being that facility is very lenient because some people, they don't get to just go and do what they want to do. Yeah, but I, I think, again, he's on a schedule. He has a routine that he has to follow. But that particular facility, and it's, it's true of most halfway houses, you do get some, as long as you're not on parole, where you super, super regulate, regulated, you know, they monitoring where you're going. He has the ability to go be because he served his full time. He's not on parole for anything. At least that's not what we're being. We're not told that he's on parole. No, so he's, he's able to, you know, go. And so they meet each other in the park. And it's the cutest thing because she comes with his favorite sandwich. The way he likes it. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, she really tucked a lot about him away inside of herself. They really knew each other. For you to still get the order right 10 years later. But then you, we also find out they've been friends for years before they slept with each other. They had. Been I mean, we 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 know that from the onset. But like, even ten years later, when the the memories are rusty and it's been, you know what I mean? It's been some time. That's the part for me that is significantly powerful. That after some time, they're still able. She's still able to connect like that and to dig, dig into him like that, make his sandwich right. And his sandwich seemed like it was soggy because he gets something on it that's wet. Yeah, um, on his Italian dressing or something like that. Or no yeah. vinegar sauce. And and that's what, to me, would make that, you know, it's already, it's a po' boy. To me, a po' boy is supposed to be dry, but it ain't supposed to be super wet either. So that sounds very, very, that sounds very opposite for <laughs> <laughs> It ain't supposed to be soggy, but it ain't supposed to be wet. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's supposed to be dry, but it ain't supposed to be wet too. That's what you just said. <laughs> it ain't supposed to be soggy, but it ain't supposed to be dry. You know, it's not like it's a Italian beef. Those sandwiches are just okay. I'm gonna leave this whole conversation alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say this on it. Like one of my favorite subs from firehouse is the italian yes that's one of the ones you have to eat it right away or it's going to be soggy yes so i get it but it's the fact that i i this is how you know they were meant to be who they are with each other because if it was just some random friend and not your best friend not somebody that you spent this is the person that you knew that things did not go that way would still be together perhaps or we would still be close that's the kind of stuff that you remember about those type of friends yeah and like even though even with my horrible memory there are certain things by people that i was friends with in middle school or in elementary school or whatever that i still remember about them and i don't even have phone numbers no <laughs> so it's check. like let me check friend what's my favorite color you don't got one what's my favorite candy that I don't know. Because I don't have one. What's my favorite snack, though? There is one, friend. Don't get stuck now. I don't think you ever told me, though. Everybody knows I love a Duchess honey bun fresh out the microwave. No, I didn't. I'm going to get a new co-host, y'all. Stay tuned. You never told me that. How am I supposed to know stuff that you don't tell me? Everybody knows that. Even Tasha knows that. So much so that she gave me a Duchess honey bun one birthday. You do realize that they were hanging out with you in person longer than me. Friend, we might as well have been in person just as much. 
there's a lot of things that happen when you're at school. Anyway, <laughs> either way, going to get y'all stay tuned. Kia ain't gonna be here much longer. <laughs> oh, anyway, <laughs> the, bird, you too. the birds you watch the <laughs> the birds watch each other, and it's successful. And it's it's a beautiful moment because he picks at the fact that she doesn't eat all her food. He definitely didn't eat all his food. His brother sent a car to make him getting transported around easier. He walks out of her car. It's a beautiful moment. And then I well, believe the next the fact that when he got put in jail, he was a kid. He didn't have no license. Right. He was he was getting it on foot. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't have had to walk to their grandma house when they did they would have gotten the car and well but and i'm sorry if if daddy is gone well no nah, they couldn't incriminate themselves but they even yes. know but still he had no driver's license right he couldn't, he couldn't drive himself from the facility to see her he had to have somebody take him absolutely so it's, after it's, their first my brother got the money to have somebody take you instead yeah. of you having to ask for transportation but you know right so after their first official date the next time we are taken to alicia's perspective it is the night of nelly's i guess the right word is graduation because the yeah. his time in the halfway house is done and they're having a ceremony and i love this i love this chapter because it's a moment between nala and alicia and nala is playing <laughs> nala is playing 21 questions like she 50 cent She's like, Mommy, you look pretty. Do you have an important meeting? And, and myself, now it's too late for a meeting. Is this a cocktail meeting? Like, look, girl. <laughs> like, she is going on. Like, and you know, Alicia's answering because she, she wants to encourage the curiosity in her children. She wants to encourage them to have open lines of communication. And so, like, I knew Nala knew too much when she said, is this a girlfriend or boyfriend? <laughs> I knew then that Nala was getting ready to ask for something strange or she was getting ready to say something off the wall. So when she says, is he cute? Like on a scale of Chris Brown? And she says, like on a scale from Chris Brown to Idris Elbow. <laughs> And when she said Idris Elbow, I said, oh, my God. This is when you were reminded that she's only nine years old. Right. Because and the mom, the mom has to go in and she says, first of all, that's not a fair scale because both of them are cute. Rightly so. It's just your kind of flavor of cute at that point. She corrects her the daughter's pronunci uh, pronunciation of his name and tells him it's Idris Elbow. She also says, look, your scale is off, sis, because... You got two handsome men on the scale, so that doesn't work. But <laughs> she, I mean, it depends on the person. Cause Chris Brown is cute, but he's not like he. Fine. To me, he's not somebody to compare to. He's not to me. Mm -hmm. So she is. She's like having this argument in her mind. Like Chris Brown and Idris Elba are too old for my baby. What is what is going on? Like, and so we discover that. Nala has read some some articles about single mothers. <laughs> and and as funny as it is, it also speaks to her her curiosity and her concern for her mother. 
because she's like, mom, don't take my computer time, but I'm going to tell you what I did. So one, you could tell that Alicia has established like very clear boundaries for her kids. You could tell like they have those open lines of communication, but <laughs> she is, she's, she's able to be honest with her mom about what she did. Look, I got on the internet, read some articles and I'm concerned about you, mom, go get you a man. So we can be happy <laughs> and you we'll can be less teammate. stressed out. We'll get your teammate. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, even though she kept telling her daughter, this is just a friend, it's not a date, blah, blah, blah. I'm just hanging out with a friend. She immediately tells her brother, mom's going on a date. Right. She said, it like, it's, the, it's this part right here. She never dresses like that when she goes out with Auntie Leslie. <laughs> so Auntie Leslie, who is a, a friend of Alicia, Alicia's like, you busted, my she boy. She got a point. <laughs> yeah. So eventually she gets the kids to settle down and they go to watch a movie downstairs. She break them because you you break you running up my bill. <laughs> yeah. They settle. And <laughs> Nico says the sweetest thing to her. He says, you look very pretty, mommy. And whether you're going on a date or a sit down with a friend, you're going to be the prettiest girl in the whole place. <laughs> and then, of course, so her, her two cents in. She's like, okay, mommy, don't stay out too late, though. You have kids. Right. <laughs> you could be out, but don't be for the streets, mom, okay? So <laughs> she is taking, uh, she goes and leaves and goes to the ceremony. And we get to Nelly's perspective of the night. And of course, it's mid-ceremony. And he has to give a speech. He acknowledges his friends and family members who are in the room, his support group. Because of course, Jock is there with Kimmy. And the whole crew is there. Plus is there, but he's not on stage. Or he's plus is there, but he's not there, so to speak. Um, McKinley. Yeah, his name is McKinley. And I'm... I, Sabrina, McKinley, why Washington. McKinley? Why McKinley, ma'am? That man got two last names. <laughs> McKinley Washington, a.k.a. Kenny, a.k.a. Plus. <laughs> Friend. I still got to go read this book, though. Friend, <laughs> we hated two first names, but we love two last names. What's you wrong with that? And I can't even be mad at it. Oh, this so, is what we find out what Nelly's full is. <laughs> right. And it's what is Nelson Sonnier. Is it Sonnier or Sonnier? I don't know. Because I, I would think his I think his last name might be French-ish. Especially because we're in Texas. Sabrina. Let us know. Let us know. <laughs> it's either Sonnier or Sonnier. We'll see. Nelson gets up. Like local. And you know, I thought it was very interesting that throughout this, Thomas the Train did not get mentioned ever again. Yeah, after that initial. So after his first meeting with Alicia, he lets her know that he calls Nelly Red Corn because <laughs> she was like Red Corn. Oh yeah. But after that meeting with her, he's never wrong again, really. Right. So Nelson gives this speech, and it's beautiful, but. Let's go ahead and get to the, the, the nitty-gritty of the night. Nelson is the, the ceremony's over. People are giving him gift cards. They're having, you know, these beautiful moments. He's embracing all of the people who are there to support him. And he's 
he's so good and it shows in every moment because like the gift card that they gave everybody each one of the the halfway house members he redonates that gift card back because he understands that he's taken care of he doesn't need that but he's wise you know he takes the other gifts and enjoys them their cars and he's like undoubtedly these cars have money in them it's all good they from Henry, so you never know what all they have in there but mm-hmm. what what got to me was one Alicia was a fan of the crew, of course, and was sitting and, on the same row. And I thought it was very interesting that she was never able to. I don't know if it's that she didn't try to reach out or what, but I thought it was interesting that she had not communicated with them, Jock and Nelly, since she went to go stay with her grandma. But she's a huge fan of the crew. Well, I think part of, to me, part of her fanhood was probably because she knew someone in the crew personally to an extent. Well, that, and then I think the other piece is that for her, she was swept away just as quickly as he was. You know what I mean? He yeah. was arrested the same night and it, it might have been like a few months later, she was swept away. So she had yes. no real lines of communication to Nelly for sure. Jock probably not long after. How would well, she we have also learned that back in the day there wasn't a very good line of communication between Jock and Alicia because he was that brother to her. Yeah. Like so I want to have some free time. I want to have some some me time with my boo thing. I'm make my boo thing, and his little brother keep blocking. Right. Because the and, and Jock didn't like well in child didn't like her because he felt like the more the longer he hangs out with her, the less time he's there for me. And right. so you see what happened because he was getting his, his back, he was cracking his girl back, his brother got in the situation, <laughs> you know, and he and he felt bad for so he was like, Yeah, I got home in enough time, this wouldn't have happened. Right. So so there, there's a whole lot of, of story to spend there. But everything's going well until Miss Thang shows up. Miss Kitty. And Kitty is just... Oh, God, She's I hate to miss one. She's stupid for one. She is stupid. Because here she comes again making the same threats. And not only does she like, make... Why are you here? No, he was like, what the fuck are you doing here? Right. She's like, and she was looking at him like, you thought I was, you thought I was, I wasn't going to show you up. Thought you I thought I wanted to come you. You didn't have to. I didn't want you to. I didn't need you to. And, and she wanted like, to get smitty with Alicia, like Alicia did something to her. Agreed. And she immediately starts like spilling the tea like, oh, did he tell you how he used to smash me? Oh, does he fold your legs up like he used to fold mine? Blah, 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 blah. Whatever, and so, whatever y'all are doing together, he learned it from me. Blah, 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 blah. Bitch, you stupid. And this is when I knew Alicia wasn't wrapped too tight. Because she immediately puts her arm out like, I got this. And she turns around and she says, she basically was like, oh, so you confessing the rape? <laughs> and and Kitty's like, it, what? It, was, it wasn't rape. I didn't do anything he didn't want me to. He's like, baby, he is a property of the state. Baby, the way Kimmy, I mean, Lord, not Kimmy, the way she read Kitty 
A1. A1. And you know, this is, and this is where I was telling you I had some more information about her. Mm-hmm. So, stupid ass. so you know how I told you Brie and Saber were off to the side, right? Yeah. Brie and Saber are from Bar- Bars and Ballads, the crew, book one. And I done read that one and I done read Kimmy and Jock's book before I read this one. Miss Kitty was mentioned in Bars and Ballads because Miss mm-hmm. Kitty is also Saber's mother's best former best friend because oh. they're, they're former best friends because she finds out that this is the woman who Saber lost his virginity to and was, oh, smashing no. and was smashing him from the moment I think he was like 16, 17 years old. No. So she a yeah. predator. She a whole predator. Yeah, like she had, she groomed him from the time he was a child, where he, from the time he was a teenager until he was eight, I think he was like 18 or 19, they really started smashing. But she started grooming him before that. And so like his 18th or 19th birthday is when they started smashing and they kept it a secret because this is your mama's best friend. Oh, she nasty. And when he brought Bree home for a family vacation or something, she got up in arms because I don't need your cat no more. I got something right here that I want. So she mm-hmm. get mad about it. So when you saw the part about Bree wanting to swing, when she said, Alicia, you want me to take my earrings out? We can go, we can go handle that. That's because Bree wanted to snatch on her because of what she did to say. Oh, dang. So I was like, because when I read that part and I saw that Brie got upset, I said, wait, is that the same person? I had to go back and relook at the book because it's been like at least years since I read that book. Okay. But I was like, is that the same woman? Sure enough, Miss Kitty is the same woman who was smashing was, labor as a teenager. She nasty, nasty. Mm-hmm. She's a pervert. <laughs> She's a, a predator. A fool one. A fool one. Thing. So she needs to be under the jail. Needless to say, Kitty left with her, her face tail intact. Tucked. Tail tucked, but face intact. Thank she she was lucky. She was fortunate to leave because yeah. she realized she wasn't gonna win them fights. Not and not nail one. Not well, nail one. And I won't say that this was a problem, but I do, and I do get it. But as soon as that was done, and they got out to the car. Nelly had to tell to Alicia, listen, I don't need you to fight my battles. All right. He was he was low-key upset that she stepped to her. And in my mind, I didn't think she stepped to her to handle it for him. Because Kitty got on her. She got on her face. Yeah. And I, I, I think that Alicia was trying to beat woman to woman. Bitch, don't try me. Like, okay. I know he can handle himself. But let me tell you what I can do. Because I work for the state. I can beg you out of jail. Even if it wasn't for him. Because you stepping to me the way you are, I can bury you. Yeah. And and you I think as you're trying to take my lightweight and I don't need you to. Either way. She was like, okay, so, I get it. I'm sorry. You know, I, it mm-hmm. won't happen again. So we move forward and they go on a date. Well, they, they leave the party and it's there. It's clear that there's an after party, but Nelly and Leisha decide to they go have fun. Alone. They want to be alone. They want to be alone. <laughs> and they go to this hole in the wall spot. 
And the place is it's funny because like 10 years ago, they wanted to be inside. They used to go pick up dinners from the spot and take them home. But now that they're old enough to go inside, first of all, Nelly was like, how much? It's how much again? And the man was, was like, like well, you like, why does it cost that much for the ambiance? <laughs> <laughs> and it comes, it turns out because JB comes out and JB's the actual owner. He was like, it's because you get a meal too. And he was like, oh, okay. So they go. He pays, of course, for them to go in. And it doesn't take long for them to be on the dance floor dancing, enjoying so each other's time. She started, yeah, she started out by herself, but it doesn't take long for the rhythm to get from her to him. And you know, he orders them some is it some spiked tea and two fish plates. And I was like, okay, so he can't just be vegetarian, he's pescatarian. That was my well, clues. his po'boy was seafood. His was shrimp. So yeah, was it was a shrimp's po'boy, but it didn't really click to me then. It clicked to me when he ordered that food. I was like, oh. okay, he is pescatarian. Okay, okay. So they're at this place. They talk for a little, but they don't talk as much as you. You see them dance and just kind of really enjoy the night. But whatever was in that tea had at least they, they, they was because when because they got back to her house. It was on. It was, it was on and popping, baby. <laughs> and I was like, at first, when they first got to the house, I was like, wait, her kid's there. He ain't going to get no booty. But she invited him in, and I said, okay, the kids must be gone. Because yeah. the, way that, the way that she, no, it was the sound effects for me. I was like, sis, you way too loud for your kids to be on. Well, see, my was she's probably making provisions to have her friend come um, make sure the kids is out the way. Because remember, he said when they was in the car, she was texting. Right, and that's how I know she, was, she was texting to a different man, to another man. Right, but I was like, I was oh, like, this trying to make sure kids get gone for the time they get to the house. <laughs> right, so <laughs> they go round for round, clearly. Because <laughs> when we get back, had, well, her, it had been a minute. Yeah. So <laughs> it ain't for him because he had got some right before he got the night before he got out. But huh, get, it had been a minute. We get back to Alicia's POV again because the first round of smashing is in Nelly's. He wakes up with breakfast. Yeah, and I ain't talking about food. He he had breakfast for himself. She uh, he had <laughs> breakfast. He had her for breakfast. Yeah, and she said it's uh, gotta be three in the morning. When he when is when I'm awake, song, and, and of, so she's having a great time letting go. And then she hears, "It's tap tap tap." And she's getting ready to slide in. Mommy, are you okay in there? Damn it! <laughs> he loses it. <laughs> they immediately. It, I mean, I've never seen people scramble and get dressed that fast in a book. I think that's a record. In a book. <laughs> in my, and I didn't see them scrambling in my mind. In my mind, I'm thinking, she's looking at him like, damn, I wish I could get on that ride. Damn, no, these kids move. No, because she gets up pretty quickly. Like, she, it's, it's an immediate, like, sobering moment. Like, snap. Let me go. And she, because he gathers his stuff and goes in the restroom. She opens the door. And it's when she gets downstairs. And she's like, I thought I told you to keep the kids. She said... Yeah, girl, it's 12 noon. 
And Leslie see, was like, this is why I say it didn't seem like they were rushing. It's because baby had to call her out twice to make sure she was okay in there because she knocked on she knocked on the door and mommy and they looking at each other back and forth like oh shit and they having a whole fledged conversation. I'm like, baby, you ain't got no time to be having no conversation. She up and eating back in the bed and sucking on his lips and all this. Girl, put some clothes on and see what your children want. <laughs> she was intoxicated, friend. That orgasm had got her gone. Yeah. So right after she got let it go. But he knew that she he found out that she had kids and the kids sound like they were old enough. His mind automatically was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Are they mine? No, it took him a second. Because he doesn't know how old they are until a few moments. So I, this was the moment. I was like, snap, a lot is about to happen really quickly. Because these kids are not just in her life. They're in the house. So he cleans up as well as he can and comes downstairs. And they have like, you know, Leslie was like, Auntie Leslie was talking to her. And she, you know, explained to Leslie, I ain't told him that these kids is his and all these things, right? But it, it's kind of the collide. I love that you can kind of see her panic, and rightly so, because is this man going to embrace the fact that these be his kids? So he comes down and sees, I don't know if he saw Nala, if he, see, if he well, saw see, Nico. She never told her best friend that these were his children. Like, right. she didn't know who the dude was with her. She just knew it was a mystery man. Right. So she's but, like, wait, is the mystery nigga still here? <laughs> So she didn't know who the dude was. Best right. friend, you know? but best friend knew dude was still there. So it all collides, and she brings. I think she like takes him to them, and it's like yeah. the minute they see each other, because like she goes to get him, and they have their own little private conversation, and he's like, "How old are they?" Yeah, and when she tells him, because they get to, it gets to his chapter or his the like, "How old are they?" and she's like she's trying to stall and he's like just answer the question they'll be 10 next month he's like so are they mine because he remembers 10 years ago was when they yeah. lost their virginity to each other so if they're almost 10 either you sat with somebody right after me or them my kids that's the only option <laughs> correct so it was he was like yeah, they're they're yours i haven't he's like do they know about do they know who i am and she was like well they know you exist. They know of you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, they know of you. And so it is she's a moment. Up, she's trying to apologize. All day. Like, He's like, at this moment, I don't even want to be mad. I just want to meet my kids. Yeah. The moment they meet is crazy because she brings him into the, I, I think they walk into the room together and it is crazy because she's crying clearly. And from his perspective, he doesn't know the kids' names. So he's like, the little girl speaks. And then the little boy <laughs> asks him, like, hey, is that all your hair? <laughs> and so he's looking at his children and, like, the fact that he's immediately identifying the features that he that thinks. Like my mama. That look like my mama. That look like me. He's introduced to Nala and Nico. They, they introduce themselves. And then, and then it's, my name is Nelson. And immediately and Nala girl so smart. <laughs> immediately Nala and Nelson put the story together of Prince Nelson, Princess Lele, and the two peas, which is the story that Alicia has clearly put together 
to help explain to her children who they are without without telling them and so it's crazy because this part like if i could have cried i would have that moment when they ask are you my daddy and he looks at alicia and alicia gives him that room to confess and tell them it's not really a confession but it's like she gives him the room to tell them that he's their dad oh oh <laughs> hallmark movie classic just who where, where are the shoes well i mean i ain't Right, I didn't cry, but it, it would have been the two, it would have been the perfect moment. And like it was so funny. It's it's even comedic in this moment because Auntie Leisha dips out the door. Auntie Leslie dips out the door. <laughs> Cause Auntie Leslie, you, you know, Leslie it's is like before, like as the kids are putting the pieces together to the puzzle. She's like, you know what? I think this is a family moment. I'm gonna go slide out. <laughs> but she doesn't leave empty-handed. She got a whole bag of groceries. Yeah. Cause her food's so still you know, moved out the neighborhood. She's like vaccine for living single. <laughs> she is vaccine. <laughs> she's the comedian that love to eat all your food. Right. And <laughs> immediately we go into the next chapter with Nelly and Jock is like blown. Jock is like, so she got two kids and they your kids. And both of them <laughs> niggas yours. And he's like, can you not call my kids niggas? <laughs> But he's unpacking this. And I think it's crazy because I thought he was going to go nuts. I did. But I love that he stayed mature and into his, like, while he was, you know, clearly flustered, he clearly also, like, embraced the children. Like, these are two people that didn't ask to be here, but we clearly created them the day that we decided to be more than friends. And so, like, I'm looking at the fact that, we're, like, where I understand why he can't be upset. He realized that at the time that she was pregnant, she had no way of getting in touch with him because he yeah. says he tried. He wrote her every day and got an issue like I wasn't even there. So it wasn't like she could have told him, hey, I I'm pregnant with your kids. So it was, it was one of those things where you you want to be upset because y'all had been talking for a couple of weeks now before he had the graduation and all that they had been hanging out and communicating with each other for a couple of weeks now and i was like so when's she gonna tell this is his children <laughs> and and remember i said earlier i said lord please don't let him find out by default because they done popped up in front of them and i have feelings that as soon as they smash and then my mind it didn't happen the way i thought it was gonna be because you know how some folks forget the locked doors mm-hmm. and the kids just walk on in and i was like he gonna wake up one day and it's gonna be a little face in his face his, his like hey who are you <laughs> you can tell she had, you can tell she had trained her kids not to come in her room without knocking the door knocking on the door i don't know because she said they will always come stay in her bed in the middle of the night yeah but um, i imagine she sleeps hard too because <laughs> she said because when they were on the phone she was like they still got another hour before they come out of my bed yeah so after having some conversation with Uncle Jockey, which he told his his brother, my kids are not calling you Uncle Jockey, sir. That's that's not happening. <laughs> it does. He goes to see Mama, aka the grandmother from the earlier part of the book, and we learn earlier. He, don't go, he, don't go see her. he does go see her. No, he doesn't. She comes to him because they're cleaning out the old house that she moved out of. They hit a job packing up the house and then she comes in. 
that's her house. She's still there. She, she doesn't move into the she she doesn't. Oh no, 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 no. I oh I forgot you didn't read that book. Never mind. She moved out of her house. It's mentioned in Jock's book, but she moves out of her old house. But he's still it's mentioned in here too. She's in, she was living in a facility. No, 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 no. Jock bought her a brand new house when he got famous. And he still he kept her old house. But anyway, so, whatever. They're in there because it's mentioned at the beginning of this book when him and Alicia are having conversation that he's not speaking. It's not that he's not speaking to her. Him and his grandmother have not spoken since he's since he's been a while since he's been in prison because she is the reason in her mind that her son is gone. They had talked. So she was like, You haven't talked to your grandmother since you've been out? He's like, No, she hasn't tried to reach out to me. And so at this point, I felt like it was it was one of those it's finally happening moments. Yeah. So they speak and it's a it's a unique exchange because she she really comes apologetically. She doesn't necessarily say I'm sorry, but she she get once she gives him an envelope and tells him not to open it until she's gone. So I knew then that she knew her time was close. Yeah. She knew her time was close. And whether it was three months or three years, she didn't care. Don't open it till I'm gone. And she also kind of like speaks to the issue with his father. Like, yo, if I would have done something, maybe he would not have been who he became and who he was. And for her, that was as much of an apology as she could give. Yeah. So it was a beautiful moment and it needed to happen. And they end up embracing each other. And because from this moment, <laughs> yeah, from that moment on, you can kind of tell that she, both of them really begin to heal in a way that they hadn't healed before. And, you know, he was hoping that, you know, my children will get to know their great grandmother and blah, 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 blah. It's like, full yeah. circle moment. So he gets that and he says 30 days after moving into the retirement home, mama passes away. And he said, you know, he talks about those 30 days being full of joy, his kids getting to know their great grandmother. Like he it was a lot of joy and laughter and love for him. And even though she was gone, he felt a certain level of relief, a certain level of joy about how things played out those last 30 days that they had with each other. Then his old funky mama show up. And I knew it was partially because of Jock. Yeah. Earlier, earlier in the book, Jock was like, Man, go ahead and call that lady and get it off your chest, you know. He was like, yeah. she probably ain't going to be, she, because he was like, well, how did it go when you spoke to her? He was like, she begged me for money. And, and you know, they both was kind of like, same old chick, you know. Yep. And like in his book, same thing happened. Like him and mama, him and mama were having a conversation. It was like, mama came over here, it's dressed up in the, uh, dressed to the nines, da, 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 da. you must have gave her some money. And it's one of those things where one of the sons is one of, and I've seen that with people in real life. They always want to be able to have that connection with the parent, no matter how trash that parent is. And the other one's like, fuck them to the day they die. Yeah. <laughs> and that was Jock and, and Nelly. <laughs> so they connect, but she's at the funeral in yellow. Mama's and least yellow. favorite color. Yeah. Dot is in the funeral at in yellow. And after the initial moment, she has read the right act, and rightly so, by Nelly. He was like, you never going to get to know my kids. 
you're you're not gonna do, you know what I mean? He's like, you're not gonna pass that foolishness to my kids. We're gonna live better, we're gonna do better, we're gonna act better, and you don't have to come into my life anymore after today. And see, <laughs> this is where in this conversation that he has with his mama, it the revelation is given that she never wanted to have kids. She only had children for her husband. And in my and mind, I was thinking, you had children for somebody who beat the snot out of them and left them with somebody who beat the snot out of them. She didn't care about that. She didn't care about that. But that's, that's how detached she was from them. You got to be careful when you have kids. You do. So you have to be careful when you have kids. You have to be careful who you have them with. Yes. And so they go on from there. And I love this part. Cause Nala comes, <laughs> little Miss and I Sunshine just he was snatch his little girl away from them. Yeah, little little Miss Sunshine and says, and you hear the little girl say, "Who wears yellow to a funeral?" Tacky, like <laughs> she she just comes. Oh my God. She and she doesn't like literally say that, but she does say like, "Who wears yellow to a funeral?" Like. Come on, it's a funeral, man. Why are we wearing yellow? Like you don't know no better. You don't got no decorum. You don't got no class no, she, about yourself. She don't. She don't know how to whistle. And this is how you know she's she too grown for her own age. She's like respect is a lost art, Uncle Jockey. I bet Mama rolled over in her casket when she saw that yellow dress. I mean, who wears sunshine to a funeral? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like it. It just. It's it says so much, and I don't know that it's she's a grown little person. I just think that's her character. And and Doc comments to that. She says that honesty, that's me. Continue to let that bloom in her. Continue to let that grow in her. And she walks out the door, knowing that she basically not welcome back into his his life. And then the next scene we get after the, you know the funeral kind of finishes on. Dot leaves, and then we go later in Alicia's perspective, and he's holding that letter from his grandmother. And this moment is so kissing it to me because he never opens the letter. Alicia does. And of all the people for him to, to give consent. He's afraid to open it. Right. He Because he, he doesn't know what it says, and he, you know, he wants to know but it's like whatever's inside of here is gonna change my life. And he knew it. So he gives Alicia the permission to open the letter and read what's inside. And it's not a very long letter. It's but old. it says the right things. It says, I know you didn't do it, and I forgive you both with all my love, mama. And that's it. The kids are with somebody else. With us and Tashino. Yeah. And they, um, that's why I said it was later because they had an event that they went right and the kids decided they wanted to stay. Leslie met somebody else, so she stayed. So it was just Mm -hmm. them, they hadn't been alone because at this point, he's moved Alicia and the kids up with him. So they eventually end up, I don't even want to call it smashing because that's not fair because it's a really passionate moment between the two of them, and rightly so because. They needed that. He needed that. And <laughs> they eventually get up and they have another session. <laughs> and then the kids. Once they home. started, they, they were supposed to stop. But they started. They, just, getting, they got a thing for getting caught by the kids. <laughs> well, this time it wasn't the kids. 
Well, because he, he was like, you hear that. And that was his cue to know, okay, we need to act like we got some sense. This is over. But she was like, no, that's not his. It's my mama. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, so you let your mama know your new spot? Well, <laughs> but this is the I part for me. Her mom showing back up suddenly makes me upset. Because, nigga, what are you doing here? You know we not talking to each other like that. But she also has the epiphany that, yo, her mom was like, hey, what's the deal? Like, her mom comes and she struggles to do it, but she finally apologizes. <laughs> At least it wasn't a straight up, like a fake apology situation where it was too quick. You kind of struggle with it. Yeah, because but going I from being that asshole parent to, oh, all happy and go happy go lucky. I'm sorry, and let's have a family moment again. Being too quick, that wouldn't have sound realistic. No, it wouldn't have. But I have to applaud again Sabrina B. Scales' writing here because even though it's not a long, drawn-out moment, the, the pacing is good. And not only is the pacing good, you see the uncovering because they mentioned it's a generational thing because Alicia had a great relationship with her grandmother. But it's made very clear that the grandmother and the mother didn't have that kind of relationship mm-hmm. at all. So, so yeah. So, it, it, and Alicia was like, let's not carry this beyond this moment. And it was crazy because Alicia's mama was like, this Bible is the only thing I have of my mother. All I got of her, besides her memories. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. it was very powerful in explaining without saying too much how much toxicity was inside of those generations and how much and and her mama kind of even talked about the idea that she didn't really know she was handling Alicia the same way she didn't realize it and so I, I thought it was powerful and again kudos to Sabrina B. Scales for writing this scene because I think for a lot of people it's what a lot of people really need from their parents if they're if we're honest about it but they may never get because parents are gone or just the situation doesn't lend itself to that happening and so I, I have to give her again a lot of great props because she really wrote this scene and gave a lot of people who <laughs> needed that cathartic apology that cathartic apology she really did so they have that apologetic moment. And then I think not long after the kids come home, correct? Mm-hmm. And it come turns in, into her. She has that conversation with her mom by herself. And then right. the kids come in and then, because I think after mom meets, I want to say after mom meets Nellie. Nelson. Yeah, she meets Nellie. Because she's like, Nelson, I'm sure I want to come meet my mama. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny because it's like we playing meet the parents 10 years later. Really? Even I'm though they had already met, like, they already met, but back in the but day, she couldn't stand him. Because when right. she found out she was pregnant, she was going in on them, them raggedy looking boys, blah, 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 blah. Right. It was interesting to see that Nellie even felt that nervousness to deal with meeting her mother. And they quickly kind of recognized, hey, we need to get to know each other. And you're right. The kids come home. But their babies are there. Kenny's there. Tanisha's there. And then we find out that McKinney, a.k.a. Plus, is the reason that Alicia's even able to go to college. Because he paid for her tuition. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we, that was revealed, it's like, well, time for me to go. 
Right. But he's kind of like the, he's like a Robin Hood, if you will. I gather that from the way he's described throughout the book that he's a Robin Hood kind of figure. He's going to do what he can to make the hood better, but he can't do too much because people will want him for his fame. You know what I mean? I imagine he is, is extreme. It almost gives me Jay-Z vibe. You want to do for the hood. You know what I mean? But you can't stay there because people will be like, oh, that's Jay-Z and take the attention away from what the focus should be. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's kind of where it, it goes. But even Alicia was like, I didn't know you knew Plus. Why you ain't tell me you knew the man? And I was confused. I thought she did know that her brother and him. I, I, I don't know. I mean, so, with all the things that happened in that 10 plus years, I don't know how long before she got pregnant that her brother had been dead. Because her brother was a drug that got caught up and got killed. And depending on how little she was when it happened, yeah, because apparently Plus younger than her brother. And her brother was a big time dick, drug dealer or whatever, and Plus was trying to get on with him. <laughs> and it didn't quite work out. <laughs> so Miss West ends up getting a job over a scholarship program <laughs> just for standing and talking with the rest of the crew. And they again have to explain to Alicia that, you know, McKinley or Plus is not the kind of person that's going to stay around and brag about his good deeds. He he he's Robin Hood. He gonna get in. He gonna get out. He gonna kick it with you when he want to kick it with you. But again, he's not one to be flashy or brag about his accomplishments. He just wants to do what he feels is right. And they also show her the insert from a CD where he actually talks about um well, his thank uh, yous. Yeah, in memory, he says a couple of words about her brother Calvin about his life. And right. mama took it as somebody talking about her son's death. And she was like, mama, you misread that. He was trying to talk about his life. And so, right. you know, at that moment, they have this whole hug it out moment where mama and daughter and the kids come in. And Nellie's off to the side looking. And she's like, bring your ass over here and get in this hug, too. Right. <laughs> and that is how we end Nellie. Again, beautifully done. But it's now time for It Was the Scene for Me, where we take a moment to highlight our favorite scenes in this book. I think we've touched on them already, but I just have to say that scene where she reads that letter from Mama, again, total kismet, total like just, whoo. The chills you get. That moment and, oh gosh, what's the other moment that I really love? When they discover that that's his, their dad. Those are my favorite moments from this book, hands down. When the kids meet Nelson and her, Alicia reading that letter to Nellie. Hands down my favorite moments. For me, love both of those moments. They were very on brand. I think one of my favorite, because I like those two, I think one of my favorites also because I cracked up the entire time was the conversation between Alicia and Nala before she went got ready to go to the event. Because that conversation between her and her daughter was hilarious and it, it showed how well she's training her children and raising them even if they don't have their father. That moment was hilarious to me because baby girl was like, mama's going to 
<laughs> and she like mama was trying to give all the nice little flower words and she's like you ain't even gotta do all this I with you. and i applaud you and i and i'm here for it go ahead and get us a daddy <laughs> I, mean, I was like go ahead nala it's time friend time for what it's time for my favorite part of the show and that is the book bay for payday because we treat them like paychecks around here hallelujah 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 this book <laughs> oh, okay we had a couple of candidates this book shout out to having multiple candidates we had plus aka mckinley we had mm -hmm. jock aka mm -hmm. uncle jock we had Nelson, aka oh. Nelson. Anybody else? Is that everybody? Those are the main. Oh, we had Thomas the Train. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Oh, man. So tell me, friend, who this week is going to be your book bay for payday? Oh, gosh. So I got to say, I have Jock as my honorable mention because he was that brother who made sure that his brother was taken care of, even if he ain't on it. So I do appreciate that, because especially since your brother went to jail for you. But I think Nelson got it for me because the way he responded to everything that happened to him was very mature. From the moment he got locked up, when he got out, when Miss Kitty decided she wants to throw that threat at him the first and second time when he met up with Alicia again when they reconnected fully the way he found out his kids he ain't getting no anger about him he was very mature about the entire situation and I applaud that because in that the situations that he had he was put in a lot of men would have folded oh girl like a paper piece of paper so yeah, I gotta say, Nelly, he's like he's a grocery paper bag. They will hold it. So mm. Nelly is my book bag this week. Oh man, I'm torn because Jock got a fat crib, and that's not enough to sell me. But the fact <laughs> that there's two kitchens, two kitchens, friend, I could be I'm trying to make sure his brother was set. Huh? He's trying to make sure his brother was set when he came home. Friend, I could be making Italian in one kitchen and Spanish in the other. <laughs> I could have Snoop Dogg playing in the front kitchen and Blue Care Trail in the back kitchen. I'm just playing. I, I, first of all, it's rare that we have a book where I thoroughly enjoy all the men because usually one of, them is, one of them is usually a butthole. But I think this book. I think this go around, I'm going to have to rock with Nelson as my book bay. But my okay. honorable mention is going to go to Plus, a.k.a. McKinley. Okay. And that's because, like, I, I love a good Robin Hood, dude. I do. I love, a, I love, there's something about that Robin Hood aspect that I love. Rob from the rich deal, uh, Rob from the rich, give to the poor. Mm -hmm. Love that. Like, I, it's wrong, clearly. But... <laughs> There's something about that aspect that I really do appreciate and, and thoroughly enjoy. 
and and I love that he is a community builder. And I think that's so important and powerful that we just have community builders that that shape our world and and build with us. And that's it for me. Well, any final thoughts about Nelly? Not necessarily Nelly, but I will say her characters do connect. So I got to go back and read Plus's book. And then I also got to do my my bonus work because Leslie has a book. Oh, girl. Now, I so like the last book that came out. So I got to go read that, too. Okay. So I would definitely say if you can do your homework, if you're not in a rush, do your homework first. I would say, you- I would say start with Nasty, uh, Naughty and Nasty because that's where I think that's where Plus and Tashina are introduced. Or in naughty and nasty, mm-hmm. or at least naughty, and then then plus has a book. Yes. they have a book, and then bars and ballads. Who can see? Yeah, naughty and nasty are first, and then plus, and then I would go to the crew, bars and ballad, and then pop and poetry, and then Nelly, and then Leslie. That's how the order that the characters are introduced. So definitely do your homework. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this book, even without doing the homework. So you're you're hearing both sides of uh, the coin on today's episode. But definitely encourage you guys to do your homework, think it over, and enjoy these books. They're very quick reads, or at least Nellie was. Nellie took me like maybe two hours. So you could read it on your lunch break and ignore people for an hour at work. It depends on how you feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> But I believe there's only one thing left to say about Nelly. Whoa, Nelly. And that's Sabrina B. Scales. Your, your book has been spoiled. On the next episode of Spoiler Alert, Usher, John, and Luda might have got it right when they were talking about lovers and friends. Join us as we get interviewed by Shanice ex Lola as we discuss her novel, Hopelessly Devoted. Twitter at spoiler alert 88. Until next time, bye.